Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower and I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com and you can find the WIBR Warren Radio on USA.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, Pure Social, Spreely, and Linktree. You can listen to Warren Radio on our websites at warren-usa.com and also danaglinsmith.com. You can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers. Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and please leave a good comment on the shows where you've heard us. And don't miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Gun control. Talk to your guns immediately. In America, this topic never goes away. Join me in this true look at gun control with a satirical aspect to it. Also, Christian's unvarnished truth. Today stands as a direct challenge to today's society. There is no doubt as the coming of the Lord approaches, the nations of men fall further under the deception of darkness. And don't miss this cup of sorrow's truth of righteousness. Commonly called the last days or the last of the last days, It pits nations of men against the Lord and His anointed. And last but not least, Christian living wise to do good and evil. Christian living wise to do good is important. Be sure there are those who wise to do evil. Jeremiah speaks to this issue that those in Judah and Jerusalem were wise to do evil. Be sure to go to warn or I'm sorry, danaglinsmith.com to sign up for the WIBR Warren newsletter. And also visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop where we feature Christian books and other resources from our Visions Media. And now I welcome in the Watchmen. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. (laughs) 
Greetings. You're listening to a Friday morning edition. This is Sound the Shofar, and I'm the watchman, Dana Smith. Every Friday, we round up everything and do a show in the morning. It's a good change. And of course, as we look around in the world today, we see a lot of reasons why we need the Lord to uh, come back. We are in chapter 6 of Hebrews. I like Hebrews. Very good book. Verse 1, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms on the laying of, on of hands on the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. This we will do if God permit. talking about the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on to perfection. Well, that sounds good. <laughs> as I look around America, as I browse social media, and as we do our shows, write our articles, we've been doing this for over two decades. Yeah, we got a ways to go to get there especially in America. Meanwhile, around the world, we cover the persecution of the church, the believers, the ecclesia, the called out ones, and what is happening there. Because frankly put, there's people that could care less. They count Christianity as, as dung in some places, like India, Pakistan, North Korea, China, Iran. <laughs> I could go on. Hmm, I wonder if America's in there. Oh yeah, we're, we're kind of settled in, so we're, it's not dung yet. Maybe our works are. But the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Christology. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. You have a foundation of repentance. You have to have repentance in order to get in there with God. You also have to have faith. That's number one. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So it's taken here that you understand what repentance is. But see, he includes a from in this, dead works. 
and of faith towards God and of the doctrine of baptisms on the laying on of hands of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And what he's just listed out are pretty much the things that when he goes into an area and people become Christians, he begins laying these things out. And he does say baptisms. Because there is an initial commandment the Lord gave, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. There's also the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So these are all apostolic doctrinal issues that they would have covered. The resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And we will do this, he says, if God permit. But he has a, a little topic he wants to cover. You know, and, and this is the Roman Empire. So Paul, you know, he was a Roman citizen. It was really unusual, I thought. Because here's a guy that is a Pharisee the Pharisee. He's a Jew. And well-known, well-liked, a lot of power. And then he becomes a Christian. And so the Roman Empire had its citizens. And, of course, they lived alongside slavery. Now, see, we're, we have woke people in America willing to tear America apart for slavery that we actually turned away from and made those who were slaves free. But they're still tearing down statues. They're even tearing down statues of Christopher Columbus. Not that he cares. He's not here. But see, that's the woke. They're so busy being woke, they're losing the whole aspect of what America is about. Now, if you're poor coming from another country and you get here and get a job and begin to prosper you're not woke not like these kids you thank God you're living in America many Christians who have been persecuted have come here and found peace but see and as I pointed out to a native pastor in India one day I was talking to he was talking about how hard it is and all the persecution. And I said, yes, but you got to understand that living in a rich society like America, that takes its toll on Christianity, too. Matter of fact, I, th I believe more people fall away from the Lord because of Christianity in these nations. Now, of course, they're, they're not falling away today, I don't believe. They're probably focusing on a few important things because everything is getting screwed up here. See, because he gets into this next thing and, and it really does reflect. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift 
and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. Okay, so you have once enlightened. That's the first thing. Tasted the heavenly gift. What is that? Being united with the Father. Partakers of the Holy Ghost. That is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Tasted the good word of God. How nourishing it is and how trustworthy and how it gives you that sword, for instance, today. You know, everybody's talking about being vaccinated and everything else. Well, we have got a healer in the Lord. For by his stripes that he bore upon the tree, we have been healed. Tower and I have been practicing, I mean, for years and years we've prayed. We raised our kids. And if they had anything, we were praying. Now as adults... We are a family that when one of us have a problem, we all are praying for them. We believe in the power of God. We believe in divine healing. We believe that our God and his healing is greater than COVID. And so there is a good word of God and the powers of the world to come. And this is what... The coming of the Holy Spirit. And this is the baptism. This is a little more of a dunk into the world of the Lord. There's the comforter. The Spirit of God. You see, the thing of it is, is that when you really look at it, you... You look at Christianity in America, and they've got nice cars. They've got doctors. Of course, now during COVID, they can get a COVID shot. They can get, uh, uh, you know, the vaccination a little doodad that they put on the phone. And uh, it, it's about control from the government because it's heading to the mark of the beast. This is exactly what the beast is going to do. And he's just getting society ready for it. And make no mistake, the beast is here. Um, he hasn't been revealed yet, but he's here. I firmly believe that. I said, I firmly believe that. It's not like I met him at lunch the other day. He says, well, hello, I'm the beast and I'm here. I just wanted you to know since you're a preacher. No, <laughs> no, we see the signs and the signs tell us that Things are not normal around here. And if I needed to explain that to you, you've been asleep, you know. But, you know, things aren't normal here, folks. I mean, you know what? Part of this, you know, having Biden in there and all the Democrats and everything going south and millions of illegals coming through along with gang members and drugs and everything, what part of that doesn't, doesn't ring a bell for you that there's something slightly wrong? But see, when we were in our heyday, when I was raised, you know, I mean, we had churches everywhere. We were in church. Sunday, you didn't do anything. You went to church. Of course, it wasn't until many, many, many years later when God had to get me out of that church. I knew the stories of Jesus. I knew who the Father was. I knew who Jesus was. But there's a further commitment. 
And that's when I received the Lord alongside a road out in the middle of the desert. Cars going by wondering what this knucklehead is doing over at the side of the road with a, with a truck door open and kneeling on the side of the road. It was a crisis moment, and the Lord showed up. And over the years, these many, many years, he's taught me through many things. The stupid things I've done, the smart things I've done, the sins I had to repent of, the things I needed to stop doing. See, God deals with you as the Father does his Son. And this is a personal thing. So when you find a Christian, a true believer, God somewhere along the line in that particular relationship revealed himself to them to such an extent that they believe unequivocally because he's proven to them that he exists. And every true believer, and I believe this, absolutely, every true believer has had that experience. Some more than others, but they all have that personal moment when God reveals himself. You know, and, and this is one thing I learned a long time ago, you know, when we're praying to the Lord. Well, he's up in heaven over there, the other side of the universe. I can't get a rocket ship to go get him. He's just way, way far away. How is he ever going to hear me? Well, he's omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. All-knowing, all-powerful, and all-present. The word, and we're in Isaiah now. <laughs> And it gives you a total different perspective from the prophet Isaiah. I mean, here's the Lord who sits on the edge of the earth looking down, you know. I mean, you can see this huge throne, this great big God, and he has his feet on each side of the earth, you know, kind of looking at it. Knowing what's going on all the time. We call those anthropomorphisms when we... A type of them, you know, when you imagine, when you think, or you can even see a vision that has an anthropomorphism in them. But, <laughs> but it is impossible for those who are once enlightened, once you know all this, and you've tasted that heavenly gift, tasted tasted. Now, do you know what tastes good? Well, I like Boston cream pie myself, or coconut cream. Coconut cream pie was my mom's favorite. But see, back then, they actually made the pies from scratch. <laughs> they actually... Oh, you know, this tastes like a coconut cream pie. You know, real cream. Go figure. You know, that crust. Wow. You eat some of this stuff and it'll look good, but there's no flavor. Even the vegetables, dear God in heaven, the vegetables today, 
even in organic stores over here where we're at. Looks like they came out of a southbound of a northbound moose or something. I mean, it's horrible. <laughs> it's an experience. But at any rate, you know, tasted. You know, there's things that you taste you like and things that you don't. But I can guarantee you the devil does not like this taste. He's got his own taste. It's perverted. It's corrupted. It's prideful. He's going to lose. He's lost already in the cross, and he has not even understood that yet. If he has understood it, make no mistake, he's not stupid. He's wily. He's sly. But he doesn't like this taste. you got to like that taste. The taste of heaven, the taste of forgiveness, the taste of the presence of the Spirit of God, the taste of knowing the voice of the Lord, the taste of knowing that you've repented and your sins are forgiven, the ability to ask God to fill your heart with joy and peace this day and help you to walk in a manner you should. And during that day, you, you feel, you walk, you know exactly what you prayed. You're in peace. You're in joy. And yeah, everything's falling all around you. Everything's going to hell. Especially under Biden. And and you got to focus on the Lord. For Christians, you can focus on the Lord. I'm telling you that. You don't have to walk around petrified, terrified, fearful, and every other kind of emotion. You can be enlightened. You can taste the heavenly gift. You, you have the Holy Ghost. Or if you don't, you can. I mean, when you get saved, you have the Spirit of God anyway. This is a baptism, an initial, another empowerment that came on Pentecost. Of course, you have entire denominations that deny this, so... And you've got entire denominations also that don't even talk about uh, ecclesiology or prepare their people for the end things. One of our biggest churches around here are huge. I mean, they're rich. Make no mistake about it. Their church is huge. Looks like it looks better than a government building. And... Uh, but they have a few little issues, doctrinal-wise. And, and they'll let you know about it. But we have a lot of that. But see, you need Christ. You need to have tasted that. Now see, once you taste all that, if you get away from it, and we've had examples of that in the last five years, Major, major people, singers. And right now I'm trying to think who they are, but I remember a couple of them, men that had one came out and good voice, great voice. See, and, and this is really the difference. You can listen to a song that is a Christian song and it can bless you. But that doesn't mean God approves of everything the singer's doing. 
It's a gift. He has the ability to sing. And sometimes they make so much money. They're so popular. They're, they're so full of secular, worldly honors that it takes away <clears throat> that experience. That somewhere along the line, as this one put it, I've decided no longer to be a Christian. Well, see, we have several versions of Christianity. We have the version in America that you go to the big churches and everything's fine and you never hear the gospel preached. You become a Christian for what God can do for you. And I've heard major, and these guys are all getting older now. They're still there. They're still with the same people. And, you know... They're rich. They got money. They go to church. They, And that's their doctrine. But see, the Word of God actually says godliness with contentment is great gain. So he decided not to be a Christian, well, one of the reasons you would decide that is if you're truly bored. You've never had that experience because the only Christ you knew was singing the songs, which you do so well, and you've made tons of money. You've become one of the Christian stars, and you have everything. But see, if you were to sing a few secular songs, you'd get even richer. But he didn't say that he needed more money. He just says, I've decided not to be a Christian. And that tells you that his experience and his knowledge is not what it should be. Just because they can sing or they have a talent they they're an artist or whatever doesn't mean they've experienced it now i'm a writer i've been writing since i was nine or ten i wrote my first little major short story book about that same time called date with death it was 30 pages long i think that's what it was but I've been writing creatively, and then I got into more of the news. And, and now today, I put out a lot of articles. I publish them. I put out several books. And see, this is the thing, you know, that, that we forget. You know, the call that God put on my life and, and towered came along with me and uh, we took our our kids and we went off to college Bible school to learn how to be a preacher <laughs> you know I laugh because they don't teach you how to be a preacher <laughs> they, they teach you the principles of everything and if you ever want to know anything Put your diploma away, your BA, your PhD, and forget it and get into the Word of God and study. 
But see, it wasn't the college that taught me personally how to study and research. It was my professor. Great man. Great man. Great man of God. But the bottom line of it is, see, there is that battle to take the attention away from the Christian and put it on, well, look at all of this, you know. And and we do. We have retirement. We have Medicare. I mean, you know, medical, most of them, you know, uh, people with any kind of a job, you know, they've got all kinds of benefits. They got everything. Now, if you're a Christian over in India, just being a Christian puts you in trouble because the Hindus hate you. Now, I wouldn't say every Hindu hates you, but there are radical Hindus that belong, uh, you know, just one of the nationalist parties there is like the BJP party. And uh, there's a lot of radicals that persecute Christians. They will burn their homes. They'll chase them out of the villages. They'll even kill them. If you're a Christian in Pakistan, you're a you're at the bottom of the rung. If you're a Christian in North Korea and they find out you're going to be in prison or dead and they will take your whole family plus any relatives around. If you're in China, you can be a Christian, but you can't practice or do anything. You can't even have friends over to your house and sing Christian songs. They don't even want you to pray. They even authorized not too long ago that you were to pray for the Communist Party. If you're going to pray, that's who you're praying to. See, there's a difference in the Christianity. Now, some over there may not become a Christian or stay a Christian because of the persecution. Over here, it's because we have so many other attractions. But see, the whole point that is made here is that once you know all that experience in the Lord, now, of course, you can have a bad experience. And I've been there. And I've also met head-on with the powers of darkness. And I've met head-on with the power of darkness in the churches. So today, you need to be hooked up to the Lord because that church isn't going to save you. That church if persecution comes here, you go into that church, they'll burn the church down with you in it. And if you're okay with that, they don't care. But see, we get this idea, and, and a lot of Christians over, overseas did. I mean, the early church during the time of the Roman Empire, uh, when the Roman Empire started failing because of politics and all kinds of other reasons, 
they couldn't keep the pagan Germanic tribes out and others. And matter of fact, Rome was sacked several times. I was thinking five. I'm not sure the number of times. But see, they got this idea that when Rome was sacked, they could go into the Church of God, you know, in Rome, and they would be protected. And when this first happened, they were saved. So every time they got attacked and the, and the people were getting in there, in the city, the enemy, they would go into the church. Well, the enemy started going to the church too and raising the church and killing the Christians inside of it. And this was really a big deal for them. Because they had been taught that that church is the place of God and nobody can come against it. But see, the church is not the building. The ecclesia are us, for we are the temple of God. Doesn't mean you can't go into a, a building with other Christians and start praising God. The Spirit of God falls and you call that church. And then you stick a name on the front of it, and that's where you all meet. That's a tool. Brother Kennedy, my pastor, many years ago, we'd all go into the church. But the presence of the Lord was in us, and we were in the church. And when we all worshiped together in unison, the Spirit of God would manifest because the Lord said, where two or more of you are gathered in my name, I will be in the midst. That building is just a building. It's not going to make it into the next, <laughs> the next kingdom. Even the temple in Jerusalem, they think that thing's going to last forever. It's not going to last forever. That is when the next one's built. Because the heavenly Jerusalem is coming down. Everything's going to be remade. But see, the point here is once you have a Christian who've tasted all these things and they fall away, the point here is If they fall away to renew them again to repentance, seeing they crucified of themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. So if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, which they've already done, Because you have crucified the Son of God again in your life. Now see, there is a point where you can't come back. And, and this is, you know, Christians can fall away. The children of Israel fell away. But yet they could repent. But there are people that burn their bridges. And that's a phrase we use even with relationships. 
don't burn your bridge or with a job don't burn your bridge that means you've done something that you can never go back and see it's really hard to get back there but see there's times the Lord will come and he'll give you a choice before that time comes And you might say something like, Lord, look at me. I can't come back. I can't do that. How can I do that? And then his love will flow over you. And by the time he's done talking to you, you will understand it. But there's also a warning. That warning is very clear. You never know when you're going to die. And if you die while you're not right with the Lord, you're in trouble. I mean, I had a running argument with the Lord for 12 years about. I always believed he was there. I believed in the Lord. I just had a, a very big, I had an issue. Well, it got settled. <laughs> See, there's one thing about the Lord. He knows your heart better than you do. And if you're just open and honest, say, Lord, I'm having a tough time. And tell him what the tough time is. I need your help here. If it's to believe, tell him that. Because you, you have to be honest, and, and that's what he wants. And I've said this many times, there's no reason for anybody to go to hell. No reason at all. Because he made it possible for all people to come to him and be redeemed. He made it possible that if you do sin, and you go to First John chapter 1, if you do sin, you can come to the Lord and ask forgiveness. And he is faithful and just to forgive you of that sin. But see, this verse is those who totally fall away. And that that's really tough. I believe that even if people have a glimmer of hope. Now, when I was in Bible college, and this was after I'd been there and been through some time there, I began a street ministry. Matter of fact, uh, it was made into a nonprofit called Open Doors. Now, you know that there's a ministry called Open Doors. Well, we had Open Doors a long, long, long time ago as a street ministry and a coffee house. And you would meet people on the streets, you would talk to them. So then many years later, I mean years later when we got up to where we're at now, 
I was on the street again. Meeting people, talking to them, giving them out tracks, seeing what they needed. And I came across a guy that just looked like homeless. And I started talking to him. And he was a backslidden preacher. And uh, from a denomination I knew real well. And it wasn't a slack denomination either. There were a lot of good people in it, good, good believers. But somehow he had made it to our town. And he was standing right in front of me on the street. I talked to him. I said, you need to come back to the Lord. I said, and I can't remember everything I said, but we talked. Because I felt for the guy. You know, there's a saying, there but by the grace of God goes I. And I had had a running argument with the Lord. And it wasn't his fault, but we disagreed on the solution. <laughs> it's funny now. I can laugh about it, but it wasn't very funny during that time. Because that was some of my most toughest times on the face of the earth. And, and the Lord will do that on purpose. He will pull away to let you show, see a little bit of the darkness where you're headed. And, uh, boy, that'll teach you a lesson real quick if you're smart. Well, at any rate, he accepted the Lord on the street. We talked for a while. He was going to go home. And I said, you got any money? And he said, no. I gave him what I had. I had one bill in my pocket, which was a $20 bill. So I said, here. This is all I had. I've never seen him since. Don't know where he's at. But see, you see, in life, there's a lot of trouble. Now, see, there's people also who are professionals who don't want to work who will panhandle on the streets just to get free money. I don't do the streets anymore. And uh, I've been approached by people. But I've learned one thing. There's always a test that goes with what I do. God tests me in everything. And so if they, one guy approached me, <clears throat> and one thing that these people like to do is, well, I'm from out of town and I need money for gas. And they'll go use it for alcohol or something. I'm not going to give you money for alcohol. And if you're starving to death, I'll buy you something to eat at a restaurant. But I told him, I'll think about it. You you stick around here. I'm not going to be long. And when I come out again, if you're here, I'll tell you my answer. He got mad. Because he, he wanted everything right there. 
That's not how it works. First of all, you got to show me you ain't a devil. That you ain't in, intending to do evil. You need to prove who you are. Now, if he would have been standing there, I would have given him what he needed. And I think, especially in America, now we have certain organizations that we work through that we help the poor in other nations, the persecuted. When we first began, we were trying to do it on our own and we didn't have any boots on the ground over there. And the people who we're dealing with started selling our address. We got more mail, and this was in India, more mail from India, shake stick at, I had a whole box full. And I had some really, really good mail, also out of Africa. This is when we were doing our shortwave. And we were global that way. But you see, now we know where the money goes. We know what they do with it. These are established organizations that work in established areas, that have boots on the ground, that can bring help, that can acknowledge the money gets to who you want it to get to. That's the stewardship of God's money. But you see, the good thing about America is, I mean, we've got a, especially here, we've got a huge um, mission over here. They've been there for a long time. They've got all kinds of buildings now. They take the homeless in. They take families in. They feed them. They take care of them. And so I tell them where they're at. You can go on over there. They'll take care of you. It's more than just five bucks or a dollar. It's more than just buying them a meal. It's They actually work with them to get them restored into society, and that's what you need. Good ministry. But see, all of this comes out of renewing them again under repentance. Once you fall away, that's where you're in trouble. And... We're not saying that everybody that backslides is falling away. See, backsliding is one thing. Falling away is another. And this is specific. If they shall fall away, that doesn't mean part way. They've fallen away. That's the emphasis. And that's a problem. Verse 7 says, For the earth which drinks in the rain that comes off upon it and brings forth herbs, meat for them by whom it is dressed. And, of course, it was dressed for us. God put it all together for us, receives blessing from God. But he that, but that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and it is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. Now, he does talk about the earth, but it says, you know, 
when you're talking about the Christian life, there's bringing forth fruit unto redemption. And then there's bringing forth thorns and brambles and everything else. If you get into John 15, he says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. And the father's the husbandman, which will trim the branches, will prune them. Well, I'm a gardener, and I prune. And when I prune something, I throw it away. Now, there are certain plants you can actually prune off and replant them get them to grow but see he's talking about fruits here that fruit that you have as a result of falling away is not acceptable with God and your end is headed towards a Hades or a hell if you're doing those things. Because if you have a righteous man that does righteous deeds and if that righteous man falls away from his righteousness to do evil then he's in trouble or she's in trouble. And that's why you need to save them, as Jude says, save them out of the fire. Because they're ready to be burned. They're ready to be destroyed. You save them out of there. This preacher, he had known what it was like to have a congregation to be in a church. I don't know. You know, people get that way. My pastor told me, if you're going into the ministry, I'm telling you that there are a lot of ministers that fall away. I was surprised. Because when Tower and I got saved, we got delivered. It was miraculous. And even our pastor told us, he says, not many people get touched like you two have. But that doesn't mean that everything's going to open up to you. And no, you got to learn like everybody else. And Paul goes on to say, But, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. He puts a warning in there before he gets to any doctrinal issues or anything else. Not to fall away. And he says, we're better pers- we're, we are persuaded of better things for you. We know this isn't going to happen to you. He goes on to say in verse 10, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Verse 11, and we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope to the end. Verse 12, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. 
See, that's our goal. That's where we need to be. And one of the issues of being in America, we have heard the gospel many, many times. We have had evangelists go to more places in America and around the world than you can shake a stick at. Warning America, Billy Graham, David Wilkerson, and many, many others warned America for decades. And before them, there was others like A.A. Allen. You see, the thing of it is, in America, we've had a lot of things and all the things and all the voices we've actually lost generations of kids now because of the way we've allowed it to go and as the Lord said to the Pharisees about his disciples they were making your disciples are twofold more the child of hell than you yourselves are and today we have children of children of children who have fallen away or never came to the Lord and who have been taught radical socialized doctrines to overthrow countries. And they're twofold, uh, twofold more the child of hell than Karl Marx ever was. And then they get into the woke agenda and all this other baloney. The issue is sin in America. The issue is sin with our leaders. And our leader now, Joe Biden and his Democrats, are full scale a wicked, wicked administration. He has blood on his hands for what he did and how, how he caused the deaths of those in Afghanistan. He has blood on his hands because of his decree to use abortive fetuses in research. No matter what the Pope says or the Catholic Church says, that's irrelevant because I know the Word of God. The Catholic Church, in many cases, twists the Word of God. But make no mistake about it. America and its sins will be judged. And Paul's admonition today is clearer than it's ever been for the Christians in this country. It is time for you to stand up. It's time for you to be counted for the Lord and make sure you know what righteousness is and what unrighteousness is and get yourself on the right side of the fence. Because it's not just the faith. Because by your faith, your works shall follow you. And whatever those works are is what God will judge you by. It's time to wake up. 
because the Lord is already here to save you. And then once you're saved and his disciple, it's up to you to be the light in this country and to go out and bring others in. But today, even with all the social media, there are so many voices and so many so much filth out there because sin and iniquity will abound the love of many will wax cold father we thank you for this day we thank you for this word and for those that hear it whenever they do we ask that you would bless them and keep them and draw them to yourself in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. Be sure, especially during these times in America now, Because the minute Biden got elected, his election meant that judgment was on this country in a greater fashion than many has ever seen it. Make no mistake, the word says the wicked are reserved for the day of judgment. This is a battle of light and darkness. Make sure you make your stand on where, whichever side you're at. Read Revelation 22 for more. He that is wicked, let him be wicked still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. In Revelation 22, you'll find some phrases like unto that one. Read them and look at them closely. Until next time, be safe. Look to the Lord. And remember, every day you can find peace and joy in the Lord. Until next time, Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.